Let's pray and jump into it, okay? Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you for showing up here today. I thank you for utterance. Thank you for the anointing. Give each individual here a spirit of wisdom, Father, a revealed knowledge of who you are and what your word says, and enlighten the eyes of understanding that we can enjoy all the riches, honor, and life that you've uh, paid the price for. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're starting a new series today. I'm calling it Hearing God for Myself, Part 1, because this could be a long part bazillion. I don't know how, you know how we start series, but... Um, Hearing God for myself, if there's nothing, I mean, this is, if you guys don't get anything else that's ever taught at the clock, if you get this one, your life will be fantastic forever. If you can hear God for yourself and not have to get it from anybody else, and no other, you know, you didn't have to, you know, there, no AIDS, you know, you didn't have to, you know, um, go to a certain church or hear a certain minister on TV or say a certain prayer, rub certain beads or any of that, without any, you know, accoutrements, you could just hear God for yourself your life will be fantastic because he has all the answers. So this one, this is huge and I'm excited about it because, you know, he wants to give you moment by moment direction and guidance so that you don't ever misstep. That's what a guide does. So the Holy Spirit's our guide. So that we have minute by minute, moment by moment. So we instant by instant, I can hear from him. That seems like a lofty goal. And even some people would never even say that they, you know, oh, God talks to you. you, you we wouldn't even say that. You know, even... I, I used to say, I'd be like, well, I'm not one of those people that goes around saying, I heard from God, you know, God said, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, you know, if you say that, you need to change that because you want God to say to you, blah, 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 yada, 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 and whatever else in between. You see, you need to change your confession. Say, oh, no, God talks to me all the time. If you're his favorite kid, don't, I mean, of course he's going to talk to you. What, are you kidding me? I'm his favorite. You're his favorite. You're his favorite. He, he wants to talk to you. And, and so don't go around and say, oh, no, I would never say God talks to me. That would be... Do you know what? It's the epitome of pride for you to say that God doesn't talk to you. Well, you're so special, you don't need any guidance. You don't need any direction. See, but we think, no, that's humble. No, it ain't. What you're saying is, you're so good, I don't need to hear from God if you say that. That's really what you're saying. Because people think you're weird. You know, they'll look at you weird like... See, when I, I'll say some stuff today that... I'll tell you out of my own experience, and you'll look at me like I'm whacked. But it's available to you, too. Okay? All right. So you all know Romans 10:17, right? Faith comes from hearing, and hearing the rhema word of God, the spoken word. So we've got to hear from him. Now, look over here. Uh, we'll just look at this scripture real quick before we get started. 1 John 5. 1 John 5. We've seen this a bunch of times. But I just want to put it in our... Uh, front of our memory, our brain housing group. And verse 2 says this, But by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God. So, you know, faith works by love. Faith comes from rhema. Here's, you know, all that love walk. Here's how we walk. Here's how you know you're walking in love when you love God. And you keep His commandments, which are His rhema. His, if He's not speaking to you and giving you commandments, then you can't keep any. For this is the love of God that... Here's it, here it is. Here it is. You're loving God. Here it is. That we keep His commandments and His commandments or His rhema is not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. If He's not talking to you, you can't keep what He's telling you and then you can't walk in love. So, the, the, everything, everything that I've ever taught you always hinges on hearing from God for yourself. Hearing and doing. Every heart issue offerings, tithes, anything in your life, healing, finding everything, relationships, it all hinges on you hearing from God for yourself. It all comes down to hear and do. 
They could have, God should have just gave us one little verse here and do, and then just, yeah, I mean, we could have had like the micro Bible. I'm glad he expanded on it, but if you look at all through here, it's all talking about hearing and doing, and how he can lead you to his throne room so you can hear and then do. Do y'all follow that? All right, so go to the first slide for me. This is in Joel 2. I wanted to give you this because we're going in Acts, so I just wanted to quote you what Peter quotes in a minute. Y'all know it. Joel 2 and verse 27. It says, And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else, and my people, say that's me, shall never be ashamed. Now, I, well, I don't just want to blow over that. Like, you know, we think you know, being ashamed is like you got caught in the mall wearing spandex. That'd be a shame. But that's not what it's talking about. The word shame means that you never experience defeat. Because if you lose, we'd all say that that was a shame. So if I'm your God and you're my people, my, I'll be in the middle of you and you'll never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaidens of those days I will pour out my spirit. Now when Joel was writing this back in the Old Testament, that hadn't happened yet. Now, go to Acts 2. Go to the next one. Acts 2 and verse 15. Now we'll find out what it did happen. And it happened a long time ago. Acts 2 and verse 15, it said, Peter's talking, there, and he says, For these people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only the third hour of the day. It's only 9 a.m. He ain't been to the clock. No. But this is what was spoken by the prophet of Joel. He said, It shall come to pass in the last days, God said. Now he said, This is it. This is it. You found This is it. This is when Peter said it almost 2,000 years ago. I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Underline it, write it down. And your young men shall see visions. Underline it and write it down. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days my spirit and they shall prophesy. Those days started 2,000 years ago. It's the last days. If it was the last days then, it's the last days now. Now, people will look at you like you're a whack job if, A, you engage in prophecy. Anybody here prophesy? See, well, I'll tell you, that ain't what you think it is here in a minute anyway. And then, if you get visions, well, you know you're a kook. You know. And dreams, I mean, come on. That stopped in the Old Testament, didn't it? And all these, and people in religious, the body of Christ, will tell you that this stuff stopped with the apostles. That this doesn't happen anymore. Now, why would you cut yourself up? Now, this is how God talks to you. We need to get commanded. This is three ways God, He fixed it in the Old Testament. didn't happen. Joel was looking ahead to this day. Peter said, it's here. Now God has three more tools in His arsenal on how to get Rhema to you. Why would you take yourself out of here in these three ways? If you put God in a box, well, no prophecy, that's just telling the future. No, it isn't. Visions, well, that's kooky. You know, you've got to be on dropping acid or something to see visions, right? And dreaming dreams, well, that was just pizza and chocolate ice cream you had last night, right? Now, if I tell you I had to do all these three of these things, you'd look at me like I was a whack job. Or you say, oh, yo, you prophesy, Andrew? Oh, you think you're so proud? Would you, you, who would say that? That's like saying you're righteous in some place. Oh, I'm righteous. <gasps> 
Stone him. Blasphemy. Well, if you're righteous, don't you think like maybe you could prophesy or catch a vision here or there? Maybe even dream a dream? This is three ways. This isn't even the big way, but these are three ways that God will talk to you and get information to you that you need. All right, go to the next one. All right, let's just break them down. Prophecy. This is all it is. It's not telling the future. It's not Nostradamus and all that, you know, all that hokey stuff, okay? Here it is. It's divinely inspired utterance or speech. It's to speak under divine inspiration. Divine inspiration. And that mixes with you opening your mouth. And what comes out is prophecy. You know, that's what we do here just about every Sunday. Not just about, it is every Sunday. Y'all been to churches where it isn't divinely inspired speech and it's some guy reading you whatever the word is or regurgitating something that he heard, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Is there any life to that? Mm-hmm. You can t- can't you tell when it's, when it's divinely inspired? We call it anointed, quote unquote. That's our religious word, isn't it? That's prophecy. You, know, you do it too. You maybe not recognize it. You ever have a conversation with somebody that's bringing you their problems just out of the blue and they'll sit down with you at your cubicle and start telling you something and something rises up on the inside of you and you start giving them divinely inspired utterance and you'll be like, wow, that's good. You're prophesying. And if you begin to recognize it, you can operate it in it more. And you know what? It'll help more people. And not only will it help other people, it'll help you. Because you'll get stuff while you're prophesying. That's why I go back and listen to these things, because I don't know half the stuff that I say. I don't know the script. I couldn't put together the scriptures that I put together if I wasn't under divine inspiration. You know, I just can't do that if we're just sitting around the kitchen table. Until I plug back into that divine inspiration and I begin to prophesy. All right, look over here in Numbers 11. Kind of like, I don't know. We might not get off this today. All right, Numbers 11, let's start in verse 24. So now God just tells Moses to gather the 70 elders and stand around the tabernacle. So that's where we'll pick up the story. So in verse 24, And Moses went out and he told the people the words of the Lord and he gathered the 70 men of the elders out of the people and he set them round about the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in a cloud and he spake unto him and he took of the Spirit that was upon him and gave unto the 70 elders. And it came to pass that when the Spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. Now, I want you to notice there's a huge difference between having the Spirit of God in you and the Spirit of God up on you. Upon means up on. When you got born again, you got the Spirit of God in you. There's a lot of people that are born again that don't prophesy because they never get to the point where they let the Spirit come up on them. That's why I don't prophesy 24-7. Because I can only prophesy when the Spirit comes up on me. And, and what will happen is when you're having a conversation with people, it's exhortation, one-on-one ministry, or if you're teaching a Sunday school class, whatever, you've got to wait until the Spirit comes up on you before you begin to prophesy. Usually that's, when I, you know, that's why I pray for utterance and the anointing before I even start. 
Because what I'm trying to do is find the plug to where I can hook into that divine inspiration. When you and I are just having a phone call, we're having a conversation, or we're sitting around my kitchen table, it takes me a little longer to find that plug, if you'll notice. We'll, we'll talk maybe for about 20 minutes before I can find the plug, depending on where your expector level is. And think about that in your own life. When someone else calls you to ask, See, because you, you guys don't give yourself... You sell yourself short. You're all ministers. You all know that. You have people that you shepherd. You might not recognize it, but there's people that come to you all the time and submit to your spiritual leadership, and it's probably people that aren't even born again or people that are just on the edges or babies and don't know the Word like you know. Think about it. There's a lot of folks. If you just start taking inventory, who come... You know, wow. You shepherd probably more people than I do. Amen. Hallelujah. I know that's right. All right. So here come the... Now, now... In verse 26 of Numbers 11, it said, But there remained two men in the camp. So two of the elders, they didn't show up at the tabernacle. They're still in the camp. And the one was named Eldad, and the name of the other was Medad. Old Eldad and Medad. A couple of hippies. Yo, Dad, it's me, Dad. How about you, Eldad? And the Spirit rested upon them. Now, did they have anything to do with it? The Spirit rested upon them. And they were of them that were written, but they were not out unto the tabernacle, but they prophesied in the camp. Oh, now look what happens. This is to get somebody all cranked up. I can't believe Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. They ain't at the tabernacle. How dare them prophesy? Well, didn't the Spirit rest upon them? Did they, they, you know, did they have anything to do with it really except to cooperate with the Spirit? No. All they did is cooperate. And there ran a young man in verse 27 and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad, do, I just like saying that, Eldad and Medad do prophesy in the camp. And Joshua, y'all know Joshua? Moses' right hand man. The son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his young men answered and said, My Lord Moses, forbid them. They ain't doing what God said. He said, Tabernacle. They're in the camp. And what did Moses say? And Moses said unto him, Envious thou for my sake? Hey, don't get torn out of the frame. What? You think what? Because I'm the only one that has a, a, a corner on prophesying? This is Moses. Back then, he did have the corner on prophesying. Nobody had the Spirit of God in them. It was only upon them. He said, Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets. Did, don't, don't just rush over that. Now, remember a couple weeks ago when we got offered? Remember he offered? for the entire kingdom to be priests, to have no go-between between him and the throne. And here's Moses wishing all of them prophesy. I mean, no, if you are a priest, you prophesy. If you have free access to the throne, it's easier for you to have divine inspiration when you speak than if you didn't have access to the throne. Would it be po- I mean, if you don't have access to the throne, it's very hard for you to have divine inspiration. He said, would to God that all the Lord's people would be prophets. Now, if that was his prayer back then, and now we have Acts, you know, two quoting Joel to saying, This is it. God will pour out all of his flesh on all his people to prophesy. Why would we have a problem and think it's weird if we prophesy? Well, because, and prophecy ain't, Oh, yay, yay, I would say, Sam, you should run away. 
and marry so and so and did you see that's what kind of that's prophecy what we our religious thing is that we no that ain't prophecy it's a bunch of garbage it is people's lives get messed up listening to that crud that ain't probably ain't divinely inspired how many of you know when it's divinely inspired or not Y'all just told me you could tell if there was life in some, you know, a preacher or not. If you go here and minister, there's life in it. There's not life. Same with somebody talking to you. You know, I'm like, nah, that ain't right. You know, you know, you know, you know. Can I explain how you know? No. But if you know, then I don't need to explain it to you because you know that you know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know. All right. So he said, would to God that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put His Spirit upon them. And we know that prayer was answered in Acts 2. His Spirit, it's available to be upon all His people. But don't we got to do something to cooperate with that. How do we get, I mean, we're just, you know, just going to wait and go, oh, I don't know why God didn't pick me. You know, no, it's available, so how do we plug into that? All right, so come over here to Hebrews 11, or Hebrews 5, I'm sorry. Hebrews 5 and verse 11. We'll back up a little. Verse 10. Well, let's start at verse 9. And being made perfect, He became the author of eternal salvation unto them that obey Him. Called of God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Who are we talking about? Y'all know? Jesus, right. Of whom, now watch this, verse 11, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. Now, not talking about you, we're talking about people that you minister to. It's hard, remember, prophecy is divinely inspired utterance, divinely inspired utterance, it's speech. He said, it's hard. See, I'm having a hard... No, who's resisting me? Yeah, sputtered, sputtered hundreds. Y'all get, y'all get the point though, right? Okay. When you're dealing with somebody that is not receiving, how many know it'll shut off the pipeline in a heartbeat? In days gone by, here at the clock... There was a lot of resistance to what was being uttered. There was a point when the resistance got up and left, either literally or figuratively, but we don't have that problem anymore. There's, the people that are here want to be here and they're plugged in and they're wanting to receive. It makes my job easier when I get up here to prophesy. Same thing in your life. When you're talking to somebody, and ministering to them, if they're like a little sponge soaking it up, it'll, God will give you more. It'll come out more. And the depths of it and, and, and the breadths of it, it'll just blow your mind what comes out of your mouth. It's prophecy. It's available to everybody, but it depends on who you're giving it to. Remember, Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine or they'll be trampled underfoot. God's not going to give you Okay, pearls of wisdom, if you will, to give to somebody if they're just going to trample them underfoot. So your ability to prophesy greatly depends on the hearer. 
So don't get don't don't get torn out of the frame if somebody's not receiving it. Be like, well, they're not rece- they're not rejecting you anyway. They're rejecting the message. Okay, so you you cannot worry about that. You tried. It was shut down. God shut the pipeline down. See, this isn't something we can turn on and off. Okay, we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, and as long as somebody is drawing and wants to hear it, He'll give it to them. Okay. So now, same thing with you. As long as you are seeking answers, He'll give you answers. And this goes right back to Rama. As long as you're seeking to hear from Him, He'll give it to you. When you stop and it ain't, you know, well, I ain't got time for that, then He ain't got time for it. He's not going to interrupt your day to talk to you. He's a gentleman. So that's why you ever seen like on movies where like, you know, the deal with the devil, you know, he always collects. Somebody cuts a deal with God. Oh God, if you get me out of this one, I'll go to church five times a day. You ever seen that one in the movie too, right? That one never gets kept. You know why? Because the devil comes to collect. He's got a collection agency. You made a deal with me, we're going to keep it. That's the world's view of it, isn't it? God never does, does he? No, he's a gentleman. Same thing with Raymond. He's not going to interrupt your day to give you stuff. So, if you want to have more utterance from God, more rhema from Him, then don't be dull of hearing. Okay? Now, turn over to Ephesians 6. And verse 18. This is right after, you know, put on the armor of God. Y'all know that, right? This is right after that. He said, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And Paul says, And for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly and make known the mystery of the Gospel. How I many you know there's a lot of mysteries in the Gospel? We spend a lot of time here undoing the mystery, don't we? Do you know what that comes from? What did Paul say it came from? Utterance. Divinely inspired utterance. Prophecy. If somebody can't give you answers to the questions that are in the Word, they're not being divinely inspired. Same with you, though. So you got to start thinking of yourselves as prophets. I prophesy. I'm a minister. See, this stuff applies to you as well as me or anybody else in the quote, quote, five-fold ministry. Because Acts 2 said, I pour out my Spirit on all flesh. That means my kid could prophesy. John, you could prophesy. You got the same Spirit on the inside of you. Any of those kids upstairs, they could prophesy. He said, all flesh. Now, over in Luke 12, I don't want to look at it, but then you all remember this, that Jesus said, if you get drug into the synagogue or before magistrates or powers, He said, don't take any thought for what you will say to answer them. For in that very hour, the Holy Spirit will teach you what you should say. You all remember? Okay, it's Luke 12, verse 11 and 12, if you want to you know, write it down. But Jesus is telling His disciples that very, it's the same thing with us. You don't have to think it up. You don't have to dream it up. You know, oh, no. All you have to do is plug into it. The Holy Spirit will teach you what you have to say that very same hour that it needs to come out of your mouth. When somebody comes to you, and really, here's what happens. This is all what prophecy is about. Prophecy is getting rhema 
to somebody else that is not being able to receive it from God. And while you're giving that rainbow to somebody else, you may get some of yourself on the inside while it's coming out your mouth. It's designed... It is, prophecy is nothing more than God getting stuff to somebody else that isn't being able to hear it for themselves. Or they're just not quite sure and they need a nudge. And I'll show you that in the Scripture in a minute. But I want to look at one more thing over in Colossians. Colossians 4. Colossians 4 and verse 2 says this, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us, it's Paul talking, that God would open unto us the door of utterance to speak the mysteries of Christ. Now in the Greek, that word door means portal. The portal of utterance. Now they didn't have like all the technology that we have now, but how many know God knew about it? You know what a USB port is? It's something you plug into in order to get information from whatever hard drive you're trying to plug into. So Paul's talking about, he said, pray for us that I can find the portal of utterance. I'm trying to plug into that. So that's what you should be praying. Father, help me find the portal of utterance. And you know what? It gets Once you begin plugging into it, the more you plug into it, the easier it is to find the plug. How many you know, you, you all know where the light switch is or the snooze alarm is on your, without even looking? Because how many times you've been hitting that thing? Right? Same thing with this plug. This portal of utterance. You should be praying, Hey, Father, help me find the portal of utterance. Now, I told you uh, that prophecy is rhema, basically, for somebody who's not getting it on their own. They should. How many know over in 1 John? Let's look at that real quick before we go to this. You have every person that's born again has the ability to get the rhema on their own. 1 John 2. And verse 27. He said, But the anointing which you have received of Him abides in you, and you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in Him. So, if you're born again, you've got the Spirit on the inside of you, you have the ability to get rhema without any man telling you or woman or anybody else telling you what it is. Okay? Sometimes we need help. Now, I'm going to go over here to Acts 21. And So, if you ever, you know, you kind of felt bad because you missed it one time or two, wouldn't you feel better if the Apostle Paul needed some help here in the rhema? Wouldn't that make you feel better if, if you know Paul missed it? And he needed help with prophecy. Somebody telling him what he's missing. That would make you feel better, wouldn't it? It makes me feel better. Like, well, shoot, if Paul missed it a couple times, well, I guess I'm all right then, yeah. You know, if I do too. All right, so look, we'll just read this. Acts 21. And verse 1. And it came to pass that afterward, when we were gotten from them, and we had launched, and we came with a straight course unto Coos, and the day following to Rhodes, and from then to Patera. Finding a ship sailing over to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set forth. Now when we had discovered Cyprus, we left it on the left hand, sailed to Syria. On the t- So he's telling you his little journey. Okay, They came to Tyre and they landed there. 
And there the ship was unlaid to bear his burdens. And finding disciples, we tarried there seven days. So they're on this like love boat cruise, right? They finally make port. And it's not a love boat cruise. I'm just joking. Okay, but they find a port and they're waiting for the ship, you know, cargo to come off, new cargo to go on. So they got a seven-day layover. So what does Paul and Luke and all them, they find some disciples to hang out with, some followers of Christ. So they spend a week there on the beach. Sounds like fun. Clam bake. They say, who said to Paul, now the seven disciples, or these disciples, they tarried there seven days. These disciples said unto Paul through the Spirit that he should not go up to Jerusalem. Say prophecy. Now, who do those disciples think they are? Just some people in Tyre. I mean Tyre, not even Jerusalem. Telling Paul he shouldn't go to Jerusalem. That's a pretty bold move on them, right? On their part, tell the Apostle Paul what he should do. But he said through the Spirit. They were plugged into that utterance. Trying to help Paul out. I mean, no, Paul got a lot of rainbow on his own, didn't he? Didn't he? He wrote most of it down. Utterance wasn't a problem for him, was it? No, he was getting rainbow pretty good. Apparently, he needed some help on this one because the Spirit gave these folks divinely inspired speech and told him don't go to Jerusalem. It said through the Spirit, didn't it? Yeah, okay. So in verse 5, And when we had accomplished these days, we departed and went our way. And they all brought us on our way with us and our wi- with wives and children till we were out of the city. And we kneeled down on the shore and we prayed. And when we had taken our leave, one another, we took the ship and returned home again. And they returned home again. They're on the ship. Paul and them. And when we had finished our course from Tyre and we came to Ptolemus, and saluted the brethren there and abode with them one day. And the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed and came to Caesarea. And we entered into the house of Philip the Evangelist. You remember Philip? Which was one of the seven, that's one of the seven deacons, and abode with him. And the same had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. So his kids prophesied, teenagers. So they prophesied. In case you were, you know, I wasn't just making that up. That anybody, you know, all flesh. And as we tarried there many days, there came from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he had come unto us, he took Paul's belt and he bound his own hands and his feet. He hogtied himself and he said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost. Now, what's he about to do? Prophesy. He says, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owns his belt and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place, Besought Paul not to go to Jerusalem, but Paul answered, What mean you to weep and break my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but also die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord. And when he would not be persuaded, we ceased saying, and then we said, The will of the Lord be done. Now Paul missed it because he went. Here's the Spirit of God twice telling him don't go. He wasn't hearing his own spirit. Then he sent prophets one time, then he sent another prophet another time, and he still blew it off. He said, I'm ready to die. Great, I'm so glad that you're ready to die. But guess what? You missed it. Now if Paul will miss it, how many know we can? I don't care how long you've been in the Word. If you're an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, you're 90 years old, it doesn't matter. You have the same opportunity every day to miss the Word, the rhema spoken Word, every minute just like everybody else. So, God in His mercy sent prophecy to help Paul reinforce the rhema that he'd already been given Paul. Paul blew it off. That wasn't God's plan that he was bound up. That he'd be taken as a prisoner, was it? Why would he send people by the Spirit to prophesy, tell them don't do it? So, 
how many know now was Paul dull of hearing? Apparently. But if Paul could be, don't you think maybe we could be too? Alright. Now look over here in Deuteronomy eighteen. Because there'll be some people that'll come tell you stuff that they ain't divinely inspired. And they'll try and, you know. I knew a person. I knew a person who, this person's pastor, prophesied to him. Yay, yay, I would say. Told him to get into a certain political race and that they would win that office. That person lost worse than anybody I'd ever seen. It about destroyed that person because now they believe that word. They staked their entire life on that word and got their lunch handed to them. And now what? Is God not real? Let's look here in Deuteronomy 18. Verse 18, it says, I will rise them up, a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and I'll put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I commanded him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. Pay a price. But the prophet, which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. So don't worry about that guy if they tell you wrong. Just make sure you don't get tangled up with it. But how, and, and look in verse 21. And if thou say in thine heart, well, how shall we know the word of the Lord, whether it's God talking or not? Isn't that nice that God asked that question for us? Because you know we were thinking it, weren't we? He said, well, how am I going to know? He said, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing follows not, nor does it come to pass, that thing which the Lord hath not spoken. Okay, so if it doesn't come to pass, it ain't the Lord. But the prophet that has spoken presumptuously, don't be afraid of him, don't respect him. So this is the Old Testament. They didn't have the Spirit inside of them, so they had to wait to see whether whatever that guy said came to pass or not. How many of you know life comes at you fast, sometimes we ain't got time to wait? Somebody gives you a word, you know, I need to know whether this guy's... You know what I'm saying? That person who made that decision to go ahead and jump into that political race, really found out at the end, on the backside that that was not a word from the Lord. But how many know we could have avoided a whole lot of heartbreak if we just knew that on the front end? So look over here in Hebrews uh, 10. And I'm not going to get into this. I just want to hit this. And we'll get into this later. It's just this very first phrase. Hebrews 10 and verse 15. It said, Wherefore the Holy Ghost is a witness to us. Now, what's a witness do? They testify. They present evidence. Right? They either confirm or refute whatever the case is, don't they? Prosecution has a witness or the defense has a witness. They're trying to confirm or refute. So the Holy Spirit will testify to you whether something is from Him or not. What's that look like? Turn over here to Colossians 3 and then we'll try and, we'll try and get off prophets. What time is it? Yeah, we'll get off it. Colossians 3 and verse 15 says this. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, says 
in the Amplified, like an umpire. To the which also you are called into one body and be ye thankful. So this is what it looks like when somebody brings you prophecy is the peace of God ruling in your heart like an umpire. Safe or out. Yeah, that's a go or that's not a go. This is rhema. You ever have that feeling on the inside like kind of like taking a bath with your socks on? You know that scratchy feeling? Like, something just ain't right about that. Yeah. Is that the peace of God? Then you probably want to ditch that one. If you get prophecy that you don't know that you know that you know that you know, you know what I'm talking about, then just put that on the back burner. Because there would be some prophecy that's just so out of the wild and crazy. I mean, God will give you, there's some stuff that comes out of my mouth up here that's just crazy. And it might take you a while to get back to it and be able to digest it. Just put it on the back burner. See, we need to be able to discern, and this we'll get more into this later, but discern between, is it just my emotions and my mind talking to me, or is this my spirit? It says the peace of God rule your heart, not your mind and your emotions. So you need to know down on the inside here, we need to be able to develop that and be like, yeah, that's a good one. No, that's not. That's rhema. That's God helping you out. And now remember, Romans 10.17 says that faith comes from hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. If, it, if God's trying to tell you something, He knows how long... Look, I told you this morning there's nothing surprises Him, right? He knows how long it's going to take you to go, Oh, okay! And He'll back it up enough time for you to say, Oh, okay, right at the right time. He'll begin telling you the rhema enough time out so that you'll say okay at the right time. So don't worry about, oh, what if I didn't? No, don't worry about it. God knows, He knows how long it'll take. And He knows what He's got to do to get the Word to you. So we don't got to have to do, you know, spiritual and mental gymnastics and yoga to try and, you know, what if I didn't? No, just relax. He'll get it to you. He knows how to talk to you, how long it'll take you to get it, and when it'll dawn on you. So if you get something on the front end that's just like when I said, I said this when I started the church, I said, dump the Ten Commandments. A lot of people are like, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> Took them a couple months, you know, maybe, yeah. before, you know, it settled in. Just don't just throw it out, though. Put it on the back burner and don't do nothing with it. It might t- So God knows it'll take you three months to digest something. Okay? There's a lot of stuff that, in the Word that's hard. Jesus said it to his disciples. He said, I can't tell you everything right now because you aren't able to receive it. Now we're back to the dull of hearing. If I say something, and it may not even pertain to you, because there's a lot, of, there's a lot of people, there's more people in here than just you. So, what if somebody else has a question, and they're getting prophecy that'll answer and confirm something that's in their heart, and may have nothing to do with you? Well, if you know it has nothing to do with you, then just leave it. Don't get all bent out of shape over that. You know? Well, he said, blah, blah, blah. <coughs> yeah, I said, blah, blah, blah. yada yada yada, whatever. I don't know. There's some stuff I'll say I'll be like, well, somebody had a question about that because it will be totally off my radar screen and just pop right out of my mouth. All right, so let's go to the next one, Emily. Visions. Here's the next one, visions. It's all a vision is. Now, this is, you know, we think kind of, you know, the thing that comes to my mind with visions is some guy like Joseph Smith, they saw an angel and started a religion. Or the Oneida tribe, you know, they started a whole thing. And it is people have visions. Doesn't that make kind of be like, well, I don't know about people have visions. 
Even when I heard like Dad Hagen talk about visions, I thought, well, yeah, that's kind of out there. Okay, this is all it is. The act of gazing at an internal sight or a sight mentally seen in the mind's eye, image a nation, imagination. This isn't weird. We all have televisions, don't we? I see visions every day. I come home and I click it on and then I choose what vision I want to watch. And if there's nothing on, then I pop in my new Seinfeld visions. That's all they are is visions. Is that real? Even if I'm watching a live football game on TV, it's not real. It's a vision. Do you understand? I can't interact with them. I can't catch the football. The guy behind me isn't going to spill his beer on me. Right? I know we have that 3D thing with video. It's like virtual reality. That's still a vision. Now, God's technology is way more advanced than ours, but it's just not that flaky. Okay? God talk to you in visions, and it's not weird. Any weirder than watching Seinfeld or the news. But visions of Tom Brokaw. He did a special the other night. Now, do you think I'm weird because I said that? No, but if I say God gave me a vision, you'll be like, well, I don't know about that. Right? This is a great way for God to get stuff to you because you know what? what's that saying? That a picture's worth a thousand words? You ever try to read the book or watch the movie? Which one? Remember what was it? Uh, uh, Costanza was in the book club. Remember that? And he wanted, and Jerry just told him, well, forget reading the book, just watch the movie. Why? Because you know watching the movie will describe faster and quicker, communicate more precise what was in huge stacks of pages because of pictures. A vision. Breakfast at Tiffany's, that's what it was. But do you understand, like... Do you want to read Gone with the Wind or watch? Just watching Gone with the Wind is like five hours, isn't it? Yeah. Reading it is, oh my, you've got to be kidding me. All right, so what God will do is He'll give you a vision. He can communicate to you in an instant 10,000 words. Yeah. You ever try and explain? You, you get a vision in your mind or you, you, you have an imagination because that's all imagination is, is a vision. It's an image, a nation. That's the thing God built inside of us like our television. Inside. trying to explain what you saw. No, you saw something that fast, it'd take you a long time to describe the thing out, wouldn't it? God's giving me visions where it'd be like, that fast, boop, and wow, okay, now I know what's going on. I already got the plan. A lot of times that'll happen, like we haven't done this in a while here, but one, I'd pray for the sick after, you know, uh, praise and worship or whatever. Just during praise and worship, I'd get a vision, boop, laying hands on the sick, on different people. When that comes, now, same thing as with prophecy. You know that you know that you know. Now be aware of it. And when you get one, run that by your peace of God in your heart deal. He's trying to tell you something really fast. He'll give you a little movie clip. So you pour it out on all flesh. It means it's available to all of us. If you don't, well, I, would, I never get visions. Why would you cut yourself off from one way of hearing from God? And that's a really cool way. Because it's fast. You know, whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. Right? Come on, guys. This is, it's not that hokey. All right, so come over here to Second uh, Corinthians 12. We'll look at a couple things. See, people think it is because it's, you know why? Hell wants to twist anything that will keep you from hearing from God and make it sound weird or out of because anything that he can do to stop you from hearing, he can cut it off. 
That's the only thing. That's the only thing he's got is to be able to distract you and keep you from hearing. That's all he's got. Second Corinthians twelve. In verse 1 it says, uh, It is not expedient or profitable for me to doubtless to glory, for me doubtless to glory or brag. Now I will come to or I will tell you about visions and revelations of the Lord. Now that word revelation in the Greek is this word, disclosures. You ever say, well, I got revelation. You got a disclosure. You got top secret information given to you. That's what a revelation, that's all it is. When I pray for revelation knowledge, we're asking God to give you disclosures of the mysteries of the gospel. And a lot of that will come in the form of a vision. Because He can give you a vision. While you're sitting right there, you might even have gotten some visions of stuff in your life that need to be taken care of. So you don't even realize you're doing it all the time. While you're hearing prophecy, God will give you a vision to match up with it, and you'll hear specific rhema for you that deals with your life, because I don't know anything about it. What you're going through, what person, I don't know. Don't discount it, because he's given you disclosures on how to make course corrections in your life and to win. I love my imagination. Whew, it's good. Right? All right, so let's look at uh, an example of this over in Acts uh, 9. And then we'll probably, well, see how long it takes to get through this. We might not even get to dreams today. Acts chapter 9. Now, you know this story. We all know it. Verse 1. Now, and Saul, that's the Apostle Paul, when he was still a bad guy, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and desired to him letters or arrest warrants, to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any that were there of this way, that's born again people, because Jesus said, I am the way. Remember that? The truth and the life. Okay, any that are found of the way. Whether they were men or women, he ain't cutting anybody a break, that he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Is this a vision? Or is this actually happening? Yeah, it knocked him off his horse. He's not having a vision. He's got the giddy-up chair with all the... It ain't virtual reality. This is not a vision. Somebody just knocked him off his horse. Okay? And this is, that's, if that happens to you, that's scary. Yeah, that's an experience. That's scary. Okay? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? I'll bet you did. <clears throat> and the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling, uh-huh, and astonished said, Lord, what will you have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and that shall be told thee what you must do. And the men which journeyed with him, so he had his little posse, stood speechless. Uh-huh. Now, if it was a vision, they wouldn't have known anything that went on either, would it? Because a vision's an internal. These guys knew something was going on because they were like, ah, nah, I didn't see nothing. Did you see nothing? Ah, no, uh Right? Hearing a voice, but they didn't see any man. And Paul arose from the earth and his eyes were opened, but he saw no man. <laughs> and they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was there 
three days without sight. All right, Jesus, that's a funny joke now. Day one, all right, I'm going to pump. Day two, but day three. All right. All right, the joke's over now, right? It'll be told what you could do. Three days, he's waiting in this city because Jesus said, go there and it'll be told what you must do. Now, we could debate on why, or argue why the three days was. Was Jesus playing a trick on him? I think it was that it took Ananias, because we're going to find out here, the guy that Jesus is sending to him, three days to get up the courage to go hear the Raymond and get over there. But anyway, let's read the story. So, uh, and neither did he eat or drink. In verse 10, there was a certain disciple, just a regular guy, at Damascus named Ananias. And unto him the Lord said in a vision. Alright, so now what happened to Paul was not a vision. That actually happened. Now Ananias, he's having a vision. Now I try to explain this vision, but I'm sure it happened having him had myself that fast. Instant. Boop! There it was. Now he's going to try and write down the vision. It said, the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias? And he said, Behold, I'm here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prays. And he hath seen in a vision. Now all this, we didn't know this, but Jesus said that he gave Paul a vision that you're coming. Saul had a vision that Ananias is coming. So we got two visions going on here. He said, He's seen in a vision that a named Ananias is coming, and will put his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Receive his sight. And then Ananias answered and said, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on your name. Now, don't be like, oh yeah, and I can't believe you're arguing with Jesus. You be arguing with Jesus too all the time. Go do this. Uh-uh. Lord, now look, I heard some stuff. You don't know what I know. Now, does Jesus know what you know? Yeah, so don't you think Jesus already knows that? Wouldn't he have already covered all the bases before he told you to go do something? Okay. And Jesus said, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way, and he entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way, as thou camest has sent me that thou mightst receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes that had been scales, and he received his sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized and received the Holy Ghost. Now, would all this worked out without visions? So, if visions don't happen, we would have missed out on probably two-thirds of the New Testament. Jinkies, Scoob, we better not throw that one out. If visions don't happen, whoa, 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 we would have been in a world of hurt. Probably your favorite New Testament scripture never would have been written. Right? So people tell you, no, that's, you know, no. And let them say whatever they want. Don't you say it anymore. Say, oh, yeah, no, God, God talks to me. Prophecy, visions, dreams. Oh, yeah. Whoo! I get it all. He could talk to me any way he wants to. I'm all for it. Because where's faith come from? The spoken Word of God. God talked to me in any way, shape, or form. Isn't God cool? He doesn't just have one way of talking to you. Now, you guys have kids. Do you have just one way you talk to your kids? No, I, the situation dictates how I talk to my kids. 
Emily's like biting her lip. <laughs> Emily's one of the ones that does talk the same way to her kids all the time. But yeah, I'll be like, right, sometimes you don't have to say nothing at all. Just that look will do. Yeah, vision. Yeah, that's a good thing. Sometimes I'll just snap my finger. You know, so, right? So why would we put God in a box and have to always have it one certain way? All right. What time we got? We got, we got time for dreams. We got a couple more minutes. Let's get on dreams. Okay, go to Genesis 37. Well, let's go to the next slide for me. Dreams are this. Here's all the dreams are. Visions that come during sleep. Isn't that easy? That's so easy. That's all dreams are, is visions that come during sleep. So this one, man, you sleep at the wheel and you be getting word. Now, dreams was last on the list. I don't think God uses dreams as much as the other two. Dreams usually involve symbolism. And uh, you you got to know that you know that that came from God. Because you could dream some really weird crap. Because that was a God dream. Uh, no, it probably wasn't. It probably was the pizza and the ice cream. When God gives you a dream, you'll know it's from God. Just like when you get a vision, you know it's from God. You know that you know that you know that you know. Okay? If there's a question, then, then that's not the peace of God ruling your heart. Uh, throw that one on the back burner. Would not make a life-changing you know, decision based on a dream that I thought was from God. Alright? Now, having said that, let's go to Genesis 37. Y'all remember Joseph? Yeah. A couple things to learn here from Joseph. Genesis 37, verse 1, it said, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein with his, his father, where his father was a stranger, I'm sorry, and the land that was the land of Canaan. And these are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah and his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. He said, them boys, they're just messing up, daddy. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and he was Rachel's kid. Y'all remember that from El Shaddai. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Verse 5, And Joseph dreamed a dream. And the big dummy told it to his brethren. And they hated him all the more. So, the first thing I want you to know about dreams is keep your mouth shut. If you dream one, just keep it to yourself. Okay? Because you'll get in all kind of trouble. If God wanted to broadcast it, He would have broadcast it. He wouldn't have just gave it to you. Okay? And so he said unto them in verse 6, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. It's going south right now. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaves arose and stood upright, and behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance. They worshipped my sheaf. What do you think of that, guys? I think I'm about to kick your butt. And his brethren said to him, that's a nice King James, Shalt thou also indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and his words. And he didn't learn the first time, so he dreamed yet another dream. 
and told it to his brethren. And he said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars, they worshipped me. And he told it to his father and his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come and bow down ourselves to the earth before thee? Uh, yeah, uh-huh. And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the same. Did those dreams come to pass? Did you see there was symbolism in those dreams, right? They came to pass. How I many know Joseph could have bypassed a whole lot of hurt if he had just zipped it? So if you get one, don't be you know getting on the uh, hotline, calling the prayer line to Tulsa or whatever to share your dream and broadcast it. God wanted to broadcast it; He would have. Okay. Now Joseph, this was a private deal for Joseph to understand what his destiny was and what his future was. That God had a call on him. With David, do y'all remember when David? was anointed to be king. He did it in front of everybody. All his brothers saw David being anointed king. It was their business because God broadcast it. With Joseph, it wasn't anybody's business. He gave it to him in a dream. So if you get a dream and you know it's from God, don't go telling everybody. Okay? It'll get you in, a tr- it'll get you in trouble. Alright? Just sharing the word here. Okay? Alright. Now, he could have skipped slavery probably in prison. Just like Paul. Paul was, he was supposed to preach to Caesar. How many know he didn't have to do it in chains? And he wouldn't have done it in chains had he listened to those people that God had put across his path and told him, hey, don't go. I'll get you there in a big way. We don't have to go in there as a prisoner. You know, but God in his mercy gave Paul favor with his jailers and while he was in prison really he was under house arrest. So he wasn't like in a dark dungeon. So God will still help you out if you miss it. But that wasn't the original plan. And here's the thing and this is also with prophecy, visions, all that stuff. When God gives you something just don't blab it, okay? Have you ever told a secret to somebody and they went and blabbed it? Do you tell them anything else? And it says over and over in the Scripture that God proves us. He's getting judicial evidence. Go, yes, see, I can trust that person. I didn't get near the amount of information I did until I started pastoring about people's lives. Really, I wish I didn't have the information, to be honest with you. No, I'm serious. Some people, oh, I want to know, you know, words of wisdom, words of... No, you really don't. I I don't. But, I mean, when he he gives it to you and it goes with with the position that you're in, because he may give you information about somebody that's one of your people that you're ministering to, and give you inside information on how to minister to them. But you can't go blabbing that. You can't, you know, because it destroys your ability to minister to them and it might destroy their life. Man, I'm glad God doesn't tell people a whole bunch about my stuff. Aren't you glad He doesn't tell people that would blab about your stuff? See what I'm saying? So, this all goes in with the same, this, this whole package of prophecy, dreams, and visions. It's a lot to take in. And, and you know, we kind of think it's like weird and hokey, but it's not. It's really God trying to get us Rhema in different ways. And he'll get, you know, like prophecy is getting Rhema from somebody else. Like when you come here, I prophesy, you're getting Rhema from me, but you're also getting it on the inside through visions or the Holy Spirit will bear witness with you or you'll have peace on something. And he'll talk to you about something completely different. And I mean, people will be like, you said blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, I didn't. 
Yeah, when you said, no, nah, and I listened to the tape, I'm like, no, nah, I never said that. But that's what they heard on the inside of them. What it was was they were getting Raymond. They didn't realize. So you guys got to realize, when I'm up here, it ain't me talking. You can tell if I slide something in. Can't you tell if it's me sliding something in? I, can, I know when I'm sliding something in. It's usually some smart aleck comment. Right? It is. But the rest of the time, and you know that it, you, you can tell, when, and I don't say, yes, thus say it the Lord. Sometimes I'll switch in and out and I'll use me and I in the first person and it's God talking, even though I listen on the tape and it sounds like I'm saying whatever God's saying, only I didn't preface it by saying, thus saith the Lord. You've you got to be able to discern that when, when this is God talking and that's just Andrew. This is, uh, this is all stuff. And, and you know what? And God will give you visions while you are watching man-made visions. You're watching TV, you're watching movies, it doesn't matter whatever life situation you're in, He will speak to you instantly in a vision and tell you something and give you life lessons no matter what time of day it is, what your situation is, where you are, and what you're watching. It could be in traffic, listening to talk radio, whatever it is. You should, you know, God will talk to you and help you instantly, moment by moment. If you're just listening, He's always broadcasting. So Mike always says, God's always broadcasting. He is. All we've got to do is find the portal and plug into it. Moment by moment. He never shuts. I mean, it's like Air America. They never shut off, you know. The tower's not down. The satellite, you know, there's no solar flare messing with the satellite. You, can, you have the ability to receive from Him 24-7. And you don't have to be all, you know, like, oh, I can't listen to country music or I can't listen to that because I'm trying to hear from God. You don't think he could cut through that? In fact, I've heard more stuff listening to country music in my truck. I mean, he beat me up listening to that stuff. Because I'll be like, this is a great song. And he'll be like, oh, yeah, what about this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Has nothing to do with the song, nothing to do with it. He'll cut right through it and talk to you. It don't matter what you're doing, what time it is. All you have to do is be receptive to it. And if if you can train that part of you to hear... Him and realize your spirit. If you could train your spirit to always be hooked in and plugged in, then life will be really good. You won't lose. You can't lose. Impossible to lose. So we'll get to what did I leave off at dreams? We didn't. We'll start with uh, next week uh, when God just speaks to you, like He did with Paul. When he knocked him off the horse. When God talks to you. Because he'll talk to you like almost in an audible voice sometimes. I was I was at a I was I was down at uh I was at a place and I and I was like, you know God, I'm trusting you and I was you know, hanging up my coat in the hotel closet. I'm trusting you, God, and I'm telling you it was like he was standing in the closet. He said, What are you doing here then? I turned around, I was like, what am I doing here then? So I'm like, yeah, God, I trust you. What are you doing here then? I was like, oh, he's so funny. Ha, ha, ha. It's almost audible though. Yeah. What are you doing here then? You know what? I didn't get any more rainbow out of it. Nothing else from him till I got out of there. Till I left there, I didn't hear one more thing that rest of that trip. Should have just packed up right then and <laughs> hightailed it. And you get yourself in a situation though. You, there's no real diplomatic way to get out of it without, you know hurting people's feelings. Had I listened going in the front end of it, I could have avoided a whole lot of hurt though. Or having myself in that spot where now I'm not hearing from God because you know I'm not doing what I'm supposed to, but how do I get out of here 
delicately. I need an exit strategy. If you don't get yourself in that spot, you won't need an exit strategy. 